Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Book Broads. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing so well, Bailey. I'm so excited that we are back for another episode because it's been so long since our last one. And thank you for all the love on our Jeanette McCurdy episode. It's our most listened to episode of all time where we just hit a thousand listens, which is crazy. Right? So thank you all for listening. That like means a lot. And that's like a huge milestone for us. And I'm glad that everybody enjoyed the episode. And we're so excited to be talking about another memoir this week. Um, We're going to be talking about, have I told you this already? Stories I Don't Want to Forget to Remember by Lauren Graham. And we're so grateful we received um, advanced audiobook copies from Libra FM. Libra FM, we owe you our lives. We love you. We promote you to everyone we know. Best company ever. So we love you. And we're so grateful that we got to listen to this book a bit earlier than everyone else. And we're so excited it's being released today. And we're stoked to talk about it. Yeah, no, I am so excited. I've been waiting for this since I even heard that she was coming out with another book because I've read her two previous ones. Um, and I love memoirs and essay collections. So that's like exactly what this is. It's like a good little mix of both. Um, so I'm so excited to talk about it. Yes, right up your alley. And also, I forgot that she released two books before this. Like I was thinking of her other memoir, but then I uh-huh. forgot that she released that little sh- essay collection book thing. I forgot all about that. So, but oh I did God. read that one too. You, wait, I I read, I forgot, I forgot the little, like the tiny one of the, um, what is it? The college um, ceremony announced like Illusion. speech Don't that she gave. Yeah, there was that. And then her memoir. And then I was even thinking of the fiction book that she wrote someday, oh, someday, yeah. maybe. So yep. I read three. So this is number four that I've read. Ooh, you read that one. I need to read that one. Oh my God. That was years ago. Someday, someday, maybe. Yeah. It says release 2013. Ooh. Okay. Maybe I need to read that. It was good from what I remember. Love that for her. Amazing. Well, we'll just do a really brief summary that I'm getting from Goodreads. (laughs) (laughs) Candid, insightful, and wildly entertaining essays about life, love, and lessons learned as an actress in Hollywood from the beloved star of Gilmore Girls and New York Times bestselling author of Talking As Fast As I Can. With her signature sense of humor and down-to-earth storytelling, Lauren Graham opens up about her years working in the entertainment business from the sublime to the ridiculous and shares personal stories about everything from family and friendship to the challenges of aging gracefully in Hollywood. So I'm not sure that summary was entirely necessary considering it's just a celebrity memoir, but she does have another celebrity memoir that she wrote (laughs) earlier, and I feel like they were different. They were pretty different, but we'll talk about that in a bit um, because it's not often that like a celebrity will release two memoirs so close together. Like they were only mm. released six years apart, which I thought was interesting. Um, Cause she just clearly had more to say, which was cool. And like, of course I'll read literally anything she writes. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into it. I guess my first question for you is kind of stating the obvious, but how did you find Lauren Graham? How were you a fan of her before her books, both of them? Um, and how long have you been a fan? You know, that kind of thing. How, what is your Lauren Graham story? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it's kind of not normal, I guess you could say. I had first watched her in Parenthood because my parents were watching it 
when it was airing and it was kind of like we like I would watch Glee with my mom (laughs) during the week and then like Parenthood would be on the same day like later in the night and I just like kind of stuck around and I would watch it and so I liked her in it and then I eventually got into Gilmore Girls when really it's the other way around for most people they've seen Gilmore Girls first because it aired first and then depending on how old you are I guess and then parenthood or whatever subsequent that she did after um so yeah i had first seen her in parenthood loved her as sarah braverman of course and then eventually it was around like 2015 i started gilmore girls and again changed my life changed my life um and i, I didn't know obviously that about loved her you in. wait i really? didn't know that you yeah i didn't know you watched her in parenthood first it's so funny i had like no idea i thought yeah. that you watched parenthood after you watched gilmore girls yeah, Which, no, I watched Parenthood that first. That's how most people do it. Yeah. It's crazy. And then um, I remember my parents also love Seinfeld. And I remember her episode from Seinfeld when she That's was crazy. in it. I do remember that. So that was like from like the late 90s. No, no, no. Maybe. I think so. Yeah, 90s it was, I believe. So yeah, that's really for me. And then it kind of took off from there. Like obsessed with Gilmore Girls. Uh, read her first book. Met her at her the book signing in New York for that book. Um, and so I just love her. She's hilarious and smart and just really a great person. And yeah, I love Lauren Graham. <laughs> How about you? What year did you start watching Gilmore Girls? Do you I think it was, a, it was around 2015. And I think I had seen like episodes here and there when they were aired on TV, probably around like the mid 2000s. Um, yeah, like during sense. the summer on ABC Family when they would do those reruns of all their shows. It'd be like Seventh Heaven yep. and Reba and Gilmore Girls, like all that. So yep. yeah, that was it for totally. me. Love that. Um, my Lauren Graham story, I guess, is just that I grew up watching Gilmore Girls. I don't remember what year really that I started watching it, but it was always on in my house because it was my mom's favorite show. Mm-hmm. We didn't. I mean, I don't know about my mom, but I know I didn't watch it when it was airing. I was way too young at that point. Yeah. Um, but I think it was kind of like the reruns were always airing and we had some DVDs. And it's just funny because I always knew about the show. I always loved it. Like my mom and I are just quintessentially Lorelai and Rory, like mm-hmm. not really honestly per- personality wise, like whatsoever, but like we just, we just are okay. Don't ask questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know, it's funny because I never sat down and watched the whole thing in order until 2020, which I need to be clear to everyone. Like it was not like a my first time watching Gilmore Girls. Like it was a rewatch. OK, let me be clear about that. <laughs> but um, something I had never done was like watched the seventh season. And I, I just want to be completely honest and transparent with our audience and say that I still have never finished the seventh season and I refuse to. And if you've watched Gilmore Girls, you know that I'm well within my right to do that because that season does not exist in my brain. Okay. As you, <laughs> you can should. all agree. Like, As you agree. should. Like, I get to the, you know, the episode, I get to that part in season seven and then I stop watching because I'm like, <laughs> we're not doing this. So, you know, have I rewatched the reboot sure but you know <laughs> sure it's only that's that's really not for the, the faint of heart honestly yeah. that was another thing too was in 2016 when her book came out like we my mom and i died over the like revival we were so excited we literally like i mean as did most Gilmore girls fans like yeah. we literally like planned out the whole weekend we like bought food we stayed inside for like <laughs> two days Don't it was a huge it. Like, thing it was it like was the first thing like one of the very first to ever do like a revival or reboot 
if you yeah, think about in it. that fashion for sure because mm-hmm. it was very strange because it was like four episodes that were basically mini movies it was mm-hmm. just interesting and strange and it was kind of like instead of being a revival or a reboot where we you don't know the end date like theirs had a very clear end date because it was like a mini series basically yeah but i don't know but anyway so since this is a collection of essays was there a particular part or essay i should say that stood out to you or that you really liked or you know was there also one a one that made you laugh a lot because i know there's quite a few that made me laugh um and there was some heartwarming stuff in there too uh so yeah i'll leave it to you to answer for sure I think, which is such a random thing to start off with, but I just, when I found out that she was, her first LA roommate was Connie Britton, I got so excited because Oh my God, I wait, love, you didn't know that? No, I had no idea. Remember, I don't follow Lauren Graham. Like I okay. basically know nothing about her. Like, so I thought that was like so exciting um, because I love when you find out that celebrities have like these connections where you wouldn't even think to associate them with each other and then suddenly it's like they're second cousins or they're best friends or they're roommates like that's Uh just so cool to me I love when that happens yeah so I was so excited by that I thought that her stories like that she talked about during that era when she first moved to LA and when she was in New York like I love hearing about how celebrities get their starts in the industry and hers Mm -hmm. was very like bare bones like she built her career from the ground up and it took her like 10 years to really I mean it took her 10 years to book Gilmore Girls Um, Mm -hmm. It took her like 10 years to book that leading lady role. And so I just like loved hearing about that. Um, Another story that stuck out to me was when she worked at Barney's, I think it was. No, was it Barney's? I was going to talk about this one. And she stole the sweater like that killed me. I love (laughs) she tells this. If you haven't read it, she tells this story about how she was working at a department, like a huge luxury department store. And they're really strict, obviously, about you know, employees taking items home or stealing things, obviously. And she mm-hmm. stole a sweater by accident and then like never returned it and got so paranoid for like decades that someone was going to find out she stole the sweater. And I was like, that would literally be me. Like, that's how my brain works. I know yes. that if I had like accidentally stolen that sweater, like I would have to return it the next day. Otherwise, I think I would like actually kick myself forever, which she did. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, there. I was thinking about that. And then also tied in with that story, um, it was, what, years later she was shopping there. And I think – was it Julia Roberts was allegedly oh there God. as well? And she, like, yeah, she was told like by, that. like, a, a guy who worked there, like, to – leave out of this door so that she doesn't get noticed and they thought like she was it was there for her but it was really for julia something along those lines i think it lines. was gwen stefani right oh it was gwen i don't know stefani, why maybe i don't know why gwen oh stefani God. popped in my head i can't <laughs> wait for us to fact check this and it's gonna be like neither um oh my god that is so, that was so funny because she was like oh they they recognize me and it was really like no actually gwen no. stefani's in the store whoever exactly like you're not that known yet <laughs> That was no hysterical. girl. That was so funny. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, also the last chapter like made me cry for some reason. I with, think it was because with the dog she had. Was it that the one? Oh, okay. That chapter was the only one that I <laughs> did not like, but I understood her point. Like, and I yes. think that's beautiful is when you can read a book and you can recognize, okay, you know what? I disagree with her choice. And I'm not saying that any of the choices she made in this chapter were the right one where she talks about Mm -hmm. how she adopted a dog and then pretty quickly regretted it and then gave away said dog. 
Um, yeah, because the dog you know, had a lot was, of medical issues. A lot of medical issues. And like, she wasn't she really did. able to train it. Like, she was exactly. just so busy, like, with taping and yeah. stuff. And with the pandemic, like, changing her whole life around. Like, she was taping in Canada for Mighty Ducks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel for her and I empathize with her. That's just like, I mean, that's, I don't want to like get into arguments on this podcast with like listeners, but like it was that, that like left me a little unsettled. Um, I think that chapter just like, I love when you're able to read a book and you can just recognize, okay, don't agree with her choices, but I'm going to move on because this isn't affecting me or my life. And I really, I, I really admire her for the sentiment that she, you know, kind of pushed in that chapter, which was like, it's okay to recognize that you know, you're, it's okay to, to do what's best for you. And I appreciated Mm -hmm. that she, she was able to accept that for herself and then also promote that for her readers. I was like, you know what, if she needed to, to do that, to, you know what, if she needed to, um, rehome that dog, then she needed to rehome that dog. And she gave her reasons why, and she talked about how emotional it was. And you know what? I respect it. I respect it. Do I agree with it? And would I do it? No, but I respect it. No, yeah, I agree with you completely. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of a lot of people who feel the same way that you do where, you know, like, hey, I probably, you know, I disagree with this, but I can also accept like where she was trying to where she was going with it and what the and the point that she made. But yeah, I totally I thought that was the last chapter. I feel like I read this ages ago and like, <laughs> you know, so that's why I was like, <laughs> was oh, was really this the last the chapter? End. It was, was close, really close to the, to the end. end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I appreciate her vulnerability telling that story because you have to believe that there's going to be backlash from that. And you know, she just kind of seems like the curse pers- the kind of person who just doesn't give a fuck. And I love that. So, yeah. you know, I'm really glad she put that in there. Um, but no, the last chapter that I was talking about is the one where she talks about how it's called, I think pretty sure it's titled New York is a person. And she yes. just talks about how like New York became her friend just over, you know, her whole career, her whole life living there, growing up there when she was a kid. And then, you know, working there and as, adu- as an adult and then like coming back years later, it was just so fun and interesting to read because New York is obviously a city that's super close to my heart. Like I live there right now. And so I was walking through the streets of New York when I was listening to that chapter and it was just emotional. I mean, she was talking, and she was talking about like the upper West side and that's where I was. And I was like, this is crazy. And she was describing these streets that I know so well. And she was talking about taking the long way home. And like, it was really touching this, you know, the story about how she saw her sister in the window of the, the Barry's boot camp, the workout Mm -hmm. class and how, you know, she had passed that window two minutes later, there's a chance she wouldn't have seen her sister in there and like how she got to catch up with her sister on a complete win just because she happened to walk by that window at the right exact time. I'm like, yeah, New York is a person because New York put you in that exact spot at that exact time, like for a reason. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was like beautiful. And that was, that was definitely like the thesis of the book for me. And I appreciate it. And it made me cry. And I just loved it. Yeah, no, I now that you say that I remember and I also remember being touched by it and the way that she was able to write it and capture that like those feelings was so good. And I say that really also stood out for me that now that I'm thinking about it was there was always this like as following Lauren Graham for years, I know that a lot of people have asked her in interviews like, oh, like how how do you know how to play a mom so well when you are not either a a mom yourself or you like your mother was was not around in like the you know the raising of her which is a known thing um and so like she finally kind of like got down to it in this book from what i can remember yes and and, like she like just 
I, oh my God, it was just so well-written and just true, really like to the heart, like, and her, her relationship with her mom is from what I know and from this book as well is, is complicated and also fascinating to me. Um, like she was, she was close with her in a way, but also her mom did not raise her. It was her dad who did. And so she was saying in this, like, Hey, you know, I am, I'm, even though I'm not, I'm not a mom myself and my mom was not around for most of my life. I am a mom in many ways and I have love and I've given love and affection and careness and kindness to other people that moms are and how they're maternal towards. So like, um, or the her stepson at one point who she helped raise with uh peter kraus i krause i forget how to know how to pronounce his last name um but with like her godchildren and her nieces and nephews like she and just also her friends and her family she is like that in ways with them that maybe she's not you know like she's like i said she's a mom or was with her mom for most of her life and i think that was a beautiful way to put it but yeah i just i really like that she talked about it in this book yeah I really I think she first of all we know she's a brilliant writer I mean she's amazing that's like one of her strong suits I think she's just as good at writing as she is acting and she so, went to school for it right exactly to, yes yeah, yeah she, she went to Barnard mm-hmm. so like I love reading what she writes and it's always so powerful and I agree like this book was just very vulnerable like I I loved hearing about her complicated relationship with her mom I think that's the kind of thing where it's like you don't have to go into detail about that you don't need to tell anyone about that even if people ask you and then she took this opportunity to talk about it and I appreciate her doing that with the full you know fully knowing that that was not something she had to do but that she chose to do to to tell her story Mm -hmm. so I appreciated that and you know, I keep thinking about how vulnerable she was with telling that story, with talking about the dog that she rehomed. And then I also thought about the story that she told about her podcast with Mae Whitman that didn't end up happening. Oh that my was God. pretty vulnerable too. Cause that yes. was like, that was a basically failed project. And I'm, and not that it failed because it wasn't popular, but because they both accepted the fact that it was not something that they wanted to, or were willing to do, or was working mm-hmm. for them. So, you know, again, if you haven't read it, she talks about this potential parenthood. Well, no, actually, it wasn't a parenthood rewatch podcast. That was just something they talked about. Um, If you haven't read the book, she talks about this um, potential podcast that she had sold with Mae Whitman that they were going to do just like kind of like a friendship podcast, I guess, talk about different topics. Um, They were both on parenthood together and they were very close. So it was just going to be kind of them, I don't know, shooting the shit, I guess. And I think they quickly yeah. realized that it wasn't going to work, like for their friendship, for their business relationship. Um, and they were able to save their friendship by not doing the podcast. And I thought that was so vulnerable too. I was like, why is she telling this story? Because this is like, this is a failure or this is like a misstep. But um, I guess that's the point. Like the point mm-hmm. is like, look at what we were able to do because we made this right decision for us and this right choice. And like, who knows what would have happened if they had continued down that path doing something that didn't work for them. You know what I mean? I don't know if that made sense, but I just thought that was really interesting that she like chose to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like they, there was a lot of courage in that and being like, Hey, like, you know, this is such a great idea and it would be very successful, but also we should protect like our friendship and our, and really it's their friendship, you know, and they saw Mm -hmm. that like this could, 
interfere um if it went as far as it could have um mm-hmm. and it's out like i'm glad that they did that but it's also a shame because i feel like that would have been such a great podcast I know. but it's it's totally okay and it's actually funny that it was written like she wrote about this in the book and it's coming out because i think may whitman announced that she's doing a friday night lights rewatch podcast with two of the guys from friday night lights that she's close with who oh, have appeared wow. in parenthood which is really funny because now that i think about think about that i was like funny i had no idea yeah like the the timing of that um but no i totally i respect and love that they decided not to go through with it for those reasons um because that's what that they come first and their friendship comes first obviously so exactly and it's better to not like oversaturate the market and ruin your relationships and like just for a buck you know what i mean and i think that wasn't their point at all they were not doing it for money but like you know they thought that they're they're anecdotes in their friendship like could appeal to some people and i'm kind of like i feel like that's so sacred like keep that for yourself absolutely we were i remember we also talked privately about this and we'll talk about it on here about the book um there was there wasn't too much talk about gilmore girls in this Mm -hmm. and it's (laughs) we always talk about well especially for this it's fascinating to us that it's I don't, again, we can only speculate, we're only speculating here that her and Alexis are not close. Not that they have to be, but like there was just not a lot of mention of her or Gilmore Girls too much from what I can remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, that was the thing was like, she started off the book by saying like, if you haven't read Gilmore Girls, great. You don't have to, because I'm literally not going to talk about it. (laughs) Um, Which is just, I mean, it's, I always find that interesting because I think that people complained when Hillary Burton's book came out too, because she literally mentioned One Tree Hill like once or twice and then yeah. never again in the book. And I think people were picking up her book because they were hoping to hear about One Tree Hill. And that didn't bother me. Like, honestly, I mean, I love yeah. One Tree Hill and I don't really care. Um, would I have loved to hear more stories from that show? Sure. The same goes for Lauren Graham. Like, mm-hmm. I would have loved to hear more about her time on Gilmore Girls, but I really didn't expect her to talk about it. Like, that's just one thing. I mean, I think at this point, it's like there are people who either fully, completely, and 100% like embrace their past projects. And then there are people who work really hard to move away from them. And then Mm -hmm. there are some people in the middle, but I just think like, I respect it when people don't want to talk about it or choose not to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree. Like, it's just, it's always so interesting because she did, she did mention Kelly Bishop in the book. And I was like, you have never uttered the words Alexis Liddell like in your life. And I just like, it's fine. Like again, like Bailey said, like they don't have to be friends. Like I'm not concerned with like, why aren't you guys best friends? I just find it interesting that she's it is literally never mentioned her. Like I just think it's interesting and it's okay for us to talk about it because of course we're gonna talk about it. Like you know, you were on Gilmore Girls. Like, of course, we're going to wonder <laughs> she, why you don't talk your about daughter. it. She played your daughter for seven exactly. years. But what you were saying, though, about this and then with, like, Hillary Burton's book, like, it also, like, it's, it's to, I, at least, like, going into both of them, like, it's to be expected that it's going to be mentioned, but it's not going to be about, like, the entire, and there's not going to be whole chapters, it's not going to be the entire book, because with those authors, respectively, like, that was not their intention for it. And I feel like, people like being fans of the show and maybe not being fans of of, partic- of the particular author in this case Lauren or Hillary you know like if you're not a fan of them then you don't you know maybe don't read it because that's not what they're going to talk about you know yeah like, I mean, it's because sh- it's like these people are so much more than those projects 
Exactly. And they have other stuff to tell and to say. And if you care about what they have to say, then that's what the, that's what the books are aimed at. Um, but there probably are going to be people reading this who are being like, why did you talk more about Gilmore Girls? Why didn't you talk? Like, you know, so. But because it's those still interesting. Totally. Because those anecdotes could have just ended up being empty. Like, what? She's going to sit there and be like, I woke up every morning at 4 a.m. and I drove to set and then I acted for 18 hours and then I went home. Like, if you're telling a story in a memoir like I wanted to mean something um Mm -hmm. and of course I'm always going to appreciate like hearing stories but like at the same time it's like what else is she going to say about it like I don't know I just I and she I think think it's okay to like speculate on why maybe they don't want to talk about it but also to respect that decision like I think both are possible you know Yeah. And she dabbled in it like a little bit in different parts where it was relative, you know, like when she directed um, and just talking about like Hollywood and like making television and movies when she was talking about how she directed the first her first episode of the Mighty Ducks that she's on right now. um, She referenced, I think, the process of like how late like you know how long shooting can take and like at one time she said oh it took like 14 hours to, uh, like at one one time to shoot an episode of Gilmore Girls or like when it came to like different scripts and stuff so like she would mention Gilmore Girls in that way when it was relative um mm-hmm. so she didn't completely not talk about it but it wasn't the focus yeah for sure this is also a random thing. When I was reading the book, I don't know where you're going to put this in the episode when you're editing. Um, I When I saw the cover, I was like, and the way that this was written, I was like, wait, this is a lot like the other book I'm reading right now, which is I Feel Bad About My Neck by Nora Ephron. It, the colors of the cover are the same. The intention kind of when it came, comes to the book, a collection of essays is the same. And she also mentions I feel bad about my neck in this book. I know. I was going to say that. I, I know. And I was like, whoa. And like, I, I thought like, about this. The second you brought it up, I was like, she talked about that book. Yes, she talked about it. I had thought about it before she got to that part in the book. And I'm reading the book right now. So as I, I was amazing. reading that book as I listened to this. So... But yeah, it was really cool. And I guess that's part of maybe like a little bit of inspiration or a little nod to Nora Ephron. Who knows? Um, But I just, I mean, clearly, I don't know. Maybe there's a connection there. Who, who knows? But for sure, I definitely need to read it. That's really exciting. So one thing I did want to talk about and get your opinion on is I found it really interesting that she released two memoirs six years apart because six years, a lot can happen in someone's life in that period of time. But at the same time, really how much can happen? You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. she told tons of stories from her past. Like some of it was about the past six years since she released her last memoir. But then a lot of it was older stories too. And I guess I kind of wondered like, why now? Like, honestly, if she had waited like four more years to release this, I would have been okay with that. But at the same time, like, who knows what she would have been working on at that point. And at this point, like, she still is in the public eye, you know, being on the Mighty Ducks show. Um, So it's kind of like, well, now is a good time to release it because she is still like at the top of people's minds. And I'm not saying that you ever have to like fade out. I mean, she talks about this in the book about how like, actresses some actresses eventually like fade out you know fade away they don't know if they'll ever work again Mm -hmm. and like that's not really the case for her right now but at the same time I almost wish she had waited like a little bit longer to write this and release Mm this um because I I at times I found myself saying like okay you know like question mark like Mm -hmm. and 
okay, dot, 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 and like, which I understood the thesis of her book and I appreciate it. I will literally, again, read anything she writes and she can release one book a year for all I care. I will gobble it up. But at the same time, like, I just thought it was interesting and I can't think of any other celebrities who have released um, memoirs that close together. I mean, the only one I can think of is Mindy Kaling. She kind of writes, she has like three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've read two of them. So she's like the only other person that I like celebrity that I know that has written three or whatever, two memoirs. Totally. Um, I think the thing with her though, is that those books had very distinct themes. Like they okay. were both memoirs, but like they had themes. Like I think one of them was like, why are my friends hanging out without me? And then I forget what the other one was. Um, I guess there were three, like you said, but I just feel like Lauren's books we're kind of both about the same thing, unless you disagree. Um, I mean, like, I, I I agree. It's It was kind of a lot of the same from the first book, which makes me think two things. Well, the first thing is, I believe she, we could, I don't know, we could do more research into this, but she probably had signed a deal to write yes. how many books within how many years. Yeah. And like, maybe had to get one out and wrote a book based on stories that she couldn't, that didn't work into the first memoir and put them in this one. I I think it's, I think it's just maybe just simple as that. Cause again, like it does, it is a lot of what was like, it could have been from that first memoir that she did. Yeah. I'm sure she signed another deal. Cause like her first book was so successful. Of course they're going to want her to do another one. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I think you're totally Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, um, and that's not but, to say that she was just like throwing stuff out there to get a book done. Yeah, because um, this book it was great. I loved it, but I think you it, you make a great point that it's still a lot of the same. Again, that's so fine. I like you said, I will read anything she writes. Um, but who knows? Maybe next book she does, she'll do fiction fiction again. And I liked her first fiction book. I think it was. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, cool. I'd love to see that from her too. Yeah, but I think I mean that's how I that's how I think about it. Yeah, for sure. I get that. I agree. I just thought it was interesting. I was like, you know, so then I guess we'll see what her next book is. You know, will it be mm-hmm. fiction? Will it be another memoir? Another collection of stories? You know, I'll read it. But, yeah. you know, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So why don't we get into ratings? What did you yeah. read it? Um, I believe I rated this four out of five stars. Um, uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. I... I just I think I talked about it here before. I love memoirs and I love celebrity memoirs, especially in audiobook form, because I can just listen to a celebrity talk about their life and I can do what I need to do. And they're Me just too. very tangible. And I think they're great for anybody who just wants to get into reading. Like, hey, does your favorite celebrity that you follow have a memoir? Great. Go listen to it or go read it. Like you'll you'll eat it up. Um totally. so I yeah, four out of five stars. It was very great. I love Lauren Graham. Um I loved the first memoir, so I knew I was going to love this. And yeah. So what did you rate it? Amazing. I love that. I also rated it four stars um, for the reasons I said. I mean, I loved it. Um, and I don't I don't have any complaints, really. Um, I would read it again. I would buy it for people for Christmas, which I will be doing. Yes. <laughs> um, I would definitely recommend it. It was a good, it was a short read. And we love a short read around here, okay? Especially when it's nearing the end of the year and you need to hit your reading goal. Like, just uh, <laughs> you can just knock this one right out of the park and you can enjoy yep. yourself while doing it and i thought it was a great read and i would recommend yes oh my god reading goals well we will be back 
before the end of the year, hopefully. But when we do our wrap up, we will see how far we got with our reading goal this year. Yeah, that'll be interesting. (laughs) I got to start thinking about how I'm going to rank my reads this year. I know. It'll be a great episode. It'll be really good. Yes, it will be Um, for sure. I'm excited. To recap everything. But yes. Our third annual. Oh my God. Is our third already? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm-hmm. We're going to hit our two-year anniversary soon. Yes, in December. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! We'll have to do. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll plan. But we'll talk. that's exciting. We'll talk. We'll, talk. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Book Broads. As always, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know, you know the deal. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at Book Broads Podcast to be notified when we post new episodes. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and we cannot wait to see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.